Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Thursday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well. It's been a it's been a pretty nice-looking day, getting a little cloudy here later in the afternoon, but it's warmer than it's been for a, for a few days and looking like we're heading into a nice weekend. Boy, it is a busy weekend with everything that is going on. I finally have everything figured out, I think, as to what is where and when as far as all of the local action here on our family of stations with the Auburn Network. And, and I, I mean, some of that might be, uh, I thought you were talking about the menu for next week. You know, having, oh, no, 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 no. We, that's, uh, th- hey, that's left up to the boss, but Al- I mean, we. Although you have had she to make. Knows, she knows what the favorites are. Although you have, you've had to make a call. I, I did. I needed some help. I needed some help. I, I, uh, I, I waited too late. It, it almost appeared to be able to get. One of the absolute go-tos, musts that we have, and that is uh, sh- well, should should I? Yeah, I'm yeah, go you ahead. can you can shout that, them out. That is the uh, smoked turkey from from countries, which which is uh, handled by. Well, it was hell. I, I was aided tremendously aided by our uh, five o'clock guest on Fridays, and that is Coach Don Dunn, who you know the pit boss there at at uh, at countries. He he saved me. That would have been a big embarrassment. I, I look. I I confessed to my wife that I'd waited too late, and and it might be a problem. And, and Don came through, and they uh, they 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 found enough. I mean, I I wasn't going to try to break the bank or anything with that, but uh, found that. But no, okay. Here here's what I was going on. Starting tonight, starting tonight on AU one hundred. Ferd can go early, by the way. So Drew's Drew's calling him right okay, now. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Starting tonight on AU one hundred, it will be. Lee Scott and Glenwood from Crampton Bowl for the AISA um, 3A title. And, the, and remember, AU100. Championship. That one's AU100. Gonna, that one's going to be live on AU100. J- Jacob on the call. Jacob on the call. Uh, meanwhile, over on Wings 94.3, it's Tiger Talk from 6 to 7. Andy hosting Tiger Talk because uh, he is here in town, unable to get up to New York and back. Uh, in time for football. So Andy's here, uh, and then Auburn basketball to follow after a 30-minute musical intermission between Tiger Talk and the pregame for Auburn-Notre Dame basketball on Wings 94.3. Would you you be tempted to have basketball or sports-related music in that 30 minutes? The Tiger, maybe uh, Basketball Jones. Basketball Jones, absolutely. (laughs) I was thinking, which there's a... I mean, that's that's a classic. Are you you aware of the Basketball Jones cover on the Space Jam soundtrack? No, are you aware what Basketball Jones is a cover of? Well, I know know it's it's from uh, a Cheech and Chong Chong cartoon, right? Well, no, Basketball... uh, um, basketball Jones. See, I didn't even appreciate this. I had the album right when it came out. I I had not been a. I guess I I thought I was pretty well versed in all music, but maybe you know during college years I, I wasn't as in touch with every single thing. But it's Love Jones, right? I, okay, so that was the original. Uh, yes, I've, and I've, I've heard I've heard of Love Jones, and then Cheech and Chong did Basketball, did basketball Jones, right? Jones, which was a which sounded it, just like. Did it run in theaters or something? I know there's like a, or maybe it was a music video that ran like. There, there was, was a showing, music video after, showing, after the album. That wasn't Big Bamboo, was it? it was, whoever uh, was showing music videos back then. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, there's a cover of that on the uh, on the Space Jam soundtrack. I oh think, yeah, uh, Chris Rock did uh, did, did mm-hmm. Basketball Jones on the. Uh, 
But yeah, we, we'd find stuff like that. Maybe sure, no kidding. Uh, but anyway, the, yeah. So Auburn Notre Dame basketball tonight, seven thirty pregame, eight o'clock tip. Then now tomorrow. Uh, that's on Wings 94. That is that's on why, Wings 94. That's why we were talking about the music that, that you can right. run in between. That is right. Tomorrow, um, there is a chance. and uh, Tomorrow's schedule depends, depends on, on what Auburn does tonight. Yes. And, and so if Auburn. Auburn about a 15-point favorite, 14, 15-point yes. favorite over Notre Dame I was un, I was unaware that Notre Dame had been picked last in the ACC. Picked 15th out of the 15-team yeah, ACC. I mean, they were they were very bad. And I'll tell you what last year, very bad. That's that's behind Louisville, who is no prize. Who was who is, awful. Who is no prize this yes. season? And um and and Florida and wasn't last year either. And, and Florida State, who's yep. also looking to bounce back after. Yeah, and a it's funny because so. those are those are three programs that have been really good. And you know what? In and, basketball, not too long ago. And and of the three, the one that probably has the brightest future is Notre Dame because at least they've made the change. They have they, two. Yeah, they have two freshmen. I believe I heard Brad say this on. Uh, uh, with Jacob on on the line a little while ago, they are the only team in the nation that has two freshmen averaging fifteen plus points a game. Well, we've got we, uh, the leading freshman scorer in the nation is included in those two. We previewed it a little bit on the Observer podcast, and uh, the uh, Notre Dame has three guards averaging thirty plus minutes a game, which I wonder how commonplace that is. Well, they don't have a lot of depth. They, that's, they that's do, the other they do thing. not. And that's and that's maybe one of the and, that, that maybe plays into Bruce's strategy. Yeah, me. I agree. And and Auburn's going to try to speed it up. Notre Dame's going to try to. Slow it down. All right, so that to, depending on what happens tonight, if Auburn wins, they play at 6 o'clock tomorrow night against the winner of the St. Bonaventure-Oklahoma State game. That would mean a 5.30 air tip. And because of Auburn high football tomorrow night on wings and Auburn women's basketball on AU100 all tomorrow night, um, if Auburn wins tonight, We'll have we'll be done at five thirty tomorrow That's here right. on the drive. An abbreviated version of tomorrow's show. If um, if Auburn were to win, and we would have uh, uh, we would have now is now is what if Auburn loses? If is, Auburn loses, then the Auburn basketball is on wings. We go to six. Right, and the, and the Auburn basketball if they lose starts at three. Right, isn't isn't it earlier? Uh, Pre game would be at three. Tip would be at three thirty. Okay, and then that would go, I guess, right into. Yeah, I mean, well, it'll be over five thirty or six. Right. That'd be plenty of time for six thirty. Pre-game for Auburn and Central yeah. if, from Phoenix. City. If Auburn loses tonight, which would be an upset, Notre Dame wins. Uh, it would be a big disappointment you, if Auburn you, loses you wanna, tonight. You want to break that game down yeah. tonight a little bit with Justin Ferguson? Well, let's do that as we uh, uh, we will head to the drive hotline presented by Skybar. Welcome in our our regular uh, third here in the studio. I guess I should say fourth. Drew's usually here too, but our third on air. Uh, and that, of course, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Ferg, how's it going? How are things up in uh, in Brooklyn? It's doing going well. Uh, good trip yesterday. Looking forward. I'm about to catch a train here in a little bit to get to Barclays Center and um, get ready for uh, Auburn. I'm going to try to watch as much of the uh, Oklahoma State St. Bonaventure game beforehand, and then of course Auburn Notre Dame late tonight. Uh, that is a nine local tip, eight for y'all back in Alabama. So. Um, looking forward to this one. It'll be a late night, but it should be a really interesting matchup between uh, the Tigers and the Irish. First time ever, uh, Auburn yeah. and Notre Dame right. played each other in men's basketball. Yeah, looking uh, looking to see if maybe a football matchup could happen uh, someday. But Auburn, yeah, men's... Th- th- those teams, I was going to say, they don't have a lot of history in sports. They, they period. do not. And and so yeah, it's exciting that Auburn and uh, oh, Auburn, Auburn did hire a Notre Dame alum as a. Uh, 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 the uh, as their AAD a couple couple of years ago, but other than that, you're right. right. It hasn't hasn't been a ton of uh, hasn't been hasn't been a ton of uh, connection between. I believe these two Jack schools. Mar was a was a was a Notre Dame grad too. Yeah, you, I mean you don't get a way you, way back. You, yeah, you don't you don't get you don't get that much uh, interaction historically between 
uh, these two programs. Justin, we were talking about uh, what Auburn can expect tonight from Notre Dame. I referenced the podcast that we uh, taped yesterday. But, uh, but yeah, for folks who haven't watched any Notre Dame basketball this year, like what should they expect uh, from Auburn's opponent tonight? It's a very young team and a very thin team, as y'all were saying. Uh, three starters uh, in the lineup are true freshmen. You've got um, you got a point guard who's leading all scores in college and in, in all freshmen in college basketball right now. He's taking a ton of shots as well. Sub six foot point guard there. Uh, you know, Mike Shrewsbury is their head coach. His his son Braden is starting for them on the wing. Um, you know, and and he'll be in that starting lineup. And then um, their starting center. Uh, Booth is a guy that his dad played in the NBA. His dad's currently the GM for the uh, for the uh, Denver Nuggets. It's Calvin Booth won the world. Yeah. yeah, yeah, won the world title last year. He was going to go to Penn State uh, to play under Shrewsbury. Calvin Booth played at Penn State, uh, and then of course when Penn State when Shrewsbury went to Notre Dame, he he followed suit. Uh, and then their other two starters are guys that were uh, they have a guy who was a you know six man at Seton Hall last year, another guy who was a six man at Northwestern last year. So it's a very inexperienced team. Only two point two percent of their minutes from last season are back this year. Uh, that is among the lowest in all yeah, of college no basketball. They are one of the youngest teams in college basketball period. Um not a ton of D one experience on this lineup. Um but what you're gonna expect from a Michael Shrewsbury team if you watched any of Penn State last season that was one of the more efficient offenses in college basketball. They run really, really good stuff. Shrewsbury comes for the Brad Stevens Matt Painter tree. Uh, he was under Stevens at Butler and then later with the uh, Boston Celtics. And then he's worked under Matt Painter two different times at Purdue. Um, so you know what you're going to get out of those programs. You're thinking slow, methodical, but really well-run offenses that are going to shoot threes and, and, and make it make it tough for them to guard. Um, it's just a matter of hitting it. And for Auburn, they're going to get tested on the defensive end um, because you know uh, this Notre Dame team is going to run some really good stuff. Um, and then, like y'all were saying, this team is going to slow it down. They are not very deep at all. Uh, one of the thinnest benches in the country this season. I believe they're in the 300s in bench minutes so far this year, as Dan said. they got guards that are playing 30-plus minutes a night. Auburn's one of the deepest teams in the country. And Auburn's trying to play fast as well. So it is really a styles-make-fights kind of game uh, for Auburn. And if they can come out and you know, kind of impose their, their will, their strategy, early on Notre Dame, I think it could be really, really good because you know Auburn's going to get out and run. They're going to play to their depth. They're going to try to wear out this Notre Dame team that is just young and thin and, um, you know, off to, a, off to a so-so start to the season. Uh, beat Niagara in game one and lost to uh, Western Carolina, a team that had a lot of experienced guards uh, for a small conference team, um, you know, earlier this week. So um, Auburn's favored by, you know, 15, 16, 17, depending on where you look. Um, this is a game where if Auburn plays a clean game and takes care of business, they should be able to come out with a big win. Uh, but um, – you know, X's and O's wise, Michael Shrewsbury is one of the best that you can get uh, on the offensive side, and he's—I'm sure—he's going to run, run some stuff to try to prey on what has kind of ailed Auburn a little bit on defense these first couple of games. Talking with Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, who is live in Brooklyn. He will be uh, at the game tonight at Barclays Center, Auburn and Notre Dame, uh, eight o'clock Central tip it, uh, on uh, on ESPN. Uh, you can catch it on Wings ninety four three here locally if you're listening on the radio. Uh, Justin, you, you track the team, you know, really closely throughout the offseason. Is there anything you've seen through the first two games, positive or negative, that surprised you, uh, you know, at, relative to what you were sort of expecting? Is there a player uh, who, who stands out with, uh, with, with what he's been able to do? Granted, it's a small sample size, uh, but, but still, you know, with what you've seen uh, with your own eyes through these two games. 
I think the thing that surprised me the most is how well Auburn's played in the first half on defense of these games. I thought Auburn was going to be a team that's going to, you know, struggle to kind of get things going on defense. You go back to that first half against Baylor, they really shut down an awesome Baylor team in the first half. Did so in southeastern Louisiana last week. Now, second half, you know, the problems of defending without fouling, defending when you're not on the same side of the court as as your as your coaching uh, staff, as your own bench. Auburn's got to tighten up in those areas, but I'm not surprised that Auburn's had some lapses on defense. I'm not surprised that Auburn is going to have to improve on that end. But to start as well as they have on on defense in both of those games, I think is what has really surprised me um, because, you know, I still think this defense is going to be, you know, a work in progress. Um, some people are impressed uh, and surprised by the way Auburn's shooting the ball. I'm not. This is what they were doing all preseason, all offseason. Um, they got shooters. Uh, they brought back guys who could shoot the ball uh, from last season, um, and they're getting better with that. Now, not perfect on offense by any means, but um, they're playing really, really well. Um, Auburn you know, scored 80 points in back-to-back games. They did not do that at any point last season. Um, so this is an offense that uh, is off to a really good start. If the defense can tighten up in some areas, uh, and I think these next few games they got coming up is a good opportunity to do that, um, they could get hot because I think – with the amount of weapons and depth and the speed that they're using and, and some of the tweaks that Bruce Pearl has run on offense, especially some of that five-out stuff uh, that we, we saw against Baylor and some more against Southeastern Louisiana, I think Auburn's going to have the the offense to hang with pretty much anybody they play this year. Um, it's just going to be defense. Can the defense you know tighten up, especially in the second halves of games, try to defend better without fouling? This These two games up here in, in Brooklyn, while Auburn will be favored in both of these games that they play, um, will be a good opportunity. Uh, to try to you know make sure that um, you get those things tightened up, especially away from home when you're not you know when you don't have the jungle breathing down the opponent's neck, which we know has always been a good weapon on the defensive side. Talking with Justin Ferguson or the Auburn Observer, a couple of thoughts there, Justin. I, I really, I really don't think Auburn has shot the ball nearly as well as they can in the mm-hmm, first right. couple of games. But the other thing, I was thinking about this when when Bruce was talking about what you mentioned, the fact that. He's not there in front of the defense in the second half, and they're down on the other end of the court. You know, that's the first time I've ever heard a coach really express that. Usually, you hear coaches talking about wanting their offense in front of them, and it gives you an idea, I mean, what is the priority? Defense has always been, uh, if not the, a huge priority for Bruce. And it made me wonder, can you select what end – you start on when you're at home. I was thinking about that the other day. I think maybe not in college, but I believe in high school you can if you want, you know, if you want your bench to be on the opposite end and start with your you know, with your offense in front of you. Yeah, no, you can in college because in college it's always you're in front of your own bench okay. in the second half of these games. And that's been the thing. I mean, like look, the last few years Bruce has said, Hey, in the second half our offense hasn't been as good or first half our offense hasn't been as good. They haven't been right in front of us. Now it's the other way around, right? Yeah. Um and I think it's just because the Stevens got got so many new pieces and there's a lot of communication that you that they're they're trying to get out and make sure everybody's clear on. Um a lot of their rules of garden like picks and, and stuff like that. Um yeah, this is this is a reverse, but I think that does tell you just how good I think this Auburn offense is that, you know, they have been able to play pretty well. Um, so far this season. And, and to your point, yeah, I mean, you're right. They could shoot the ball a lot better. Um, even still, like, first two games of the year, I think they're a top 80 team in three-point shooting in the country right now. And, like, that is a remarkable difference from where they were for most of last season. So, yeah, they could get a lot better. Uh, and, uh, you know, this might be an opportunity. We will see how they shoot uh, in 
Um, Barclays this week. I go back to a couple of years ago when Auburn played uh, Nebraska in State Farm Arena and just shot the cover off the ball, um, you know, in an NBA arena. Seemed to really, really like that that environment, that kind of viewpoint. Maybe this team can kind of have the kind of the same thing happen to them uh, these next couple of games here in, here in Brooklyn. Need to get to our first break of the afternoon. You got you got a few more minutes for us, Justin. You got to run. It's un, it's understandable. I know you're in New York. Sure, I can do, I can do one more segment. All right, yeah, very cool. We'll, we'll talk a little football when we uh, come right. back. Stick with us. We're just underway here on the Thursday Drive. Tracy Lawrence, toll free at eight 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 three eight two seven five zero two, or email the Drive at espnau.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls here in the studio. And on the uh, drive hotline is uh, Justin Ferguson, who's up in New York to uh, check out Auburn basketball. They play tonight at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock New York time against Notre Dame. So we talked a little basketball. Justin, got to get your thoughts. You, the... uh, um, traveling Justin Ferguson. I mean, you've been all over the place. He was talking about back down in Alabama. It's like, yeah, you barely remember from the tra- what, it's, from the what tra- it's like here in Alabama after after your trips the uh, the the last uh, week or so. The leader of the traveling Fergusons. That's that, right. That the- yeah, but I mean, Arkansas last week. Uh, what what a show that was for uh, for for everyone. But I mean, you were there to see it in person. Yeah, and, and and Bill, I mean, I remember us talking last week around this time and saying like, man, Auburn really needs to go out and get get off to a really good start and try <laughs> to take the crowd out of it. And uh, yeah, they did that. Um, you know, Arkansas still had a lot to play for, and they were coming off that win over Florida, um, and you know, could win out, maybe make a bowl game if, if things broke their way. Um, and man, I mean, two drives each, and Auburn was up twenty-one nothing because Keontae Scott had a punt return for a touchdown in the middle of that. I mean. That, that crowd was done. Um, it is an open-air press box at Razorback Stadium, so you get to kind of hear and see everything from that, that vantage point. And let me tell you, when Auburn went up 21 nothing, everybody was done. On it, where, in Arkansas, where in Arkansas Red, I mean, whether they were on the field or in the stands, they did not really want uh, to keep playing this football game. And, um, I mean, Auburn did exactly what they did. And, you know, not surprising that Auburn came out and, like, hammered them at the line of scrimmage. I thought offense and defensive lines, but Auburn had the advantage in both of those areas. It wasn't surprising, but man, they just really, really did what they needed to do to come out and win. And uh, one of the best performances we've seen Auburn have, especially on the road, in a very long time. Yeah, now Auburn comes home and faces uh, New Mexico State on Saturday. And it's a New Mexico State team that is is having a good season. Uh, Some impressive offensive statistics, uh, but, but they have not played a Power 5 opponent all season long, it, it feels like Saturday could be a, uh, a a real step up in competition for New Mexico State, and uh, and we'll see if Auburn can take care of business as a big home favorite uh, in their uh, in their second to last home game. Yeah, I mean uh, this is a game that I think it's a really good matchup for Auburn to have right before the Iron Bowl because I don't think the defense can rest on their laurels. Um, they're going to be better at the line of scrimmage than New Mexico State is, but this New Mexico State offense is playing with a lot of confidence. Winners of six straight, already bowl eligible. Um, top five offense in a lot of areas in the country this season. Um, yes, they have not played very many good teams this year. Haven't played a single Power Five team, uh, but um, they are playing with confidence and momentum. Now we will see. Um, I did read today that uh, their quarterback Diego Piva, uh, Pavia, sorry, uh, was was injured uh, in that last game. Yeah, he grabbed his hamstring early and and uh, didn't really try to run much. But but I saw he practiced Tuesday. 
Yeah, and, and if he and if he's not a hundred percent, that obviously shifts some things in this game for sure. He's got over seven hundred yards uh, rushing this year, and he is kind of the engine that makes everything go for that New Mexico State offense. But I, I think it's a great matchup because like you just can't you can't just breeze past this team and think, oh, we're going to shut them out. Oh, we're going to beat them by fifty and then move on to the Iron Bowl. Um, this team's got got some life. They got some they got some game, um, and you know they're playing with a lot of momentum. So I think for Auburn's defense, this is a great matchup to have. Hey, how about this? If their quarterback and New Mexico State's quarterback is able to play 100% in this game and then be his true self, what a what a tune-up you can get for Jalen Milrow if you're going to play against a quarterback um, who 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 runs the ball really really well. Um, so I think that's a great matchup for Auburn um, on defense. It can kind of continue. I mean, they've been playing really really well really this last month, really since the LSU game. Auburn's defense has been excellent. Um, you know, keep that level high. And then on the other side for Auburn's offense, just keep up, keep up what you've been doing. Um, you know, you have, you're coming off a game where you dominated the line of scrimmage, did whatever you wanted running the ball, still threw the ball pretty effectively, um, you know, when, when you wanted to in this game. New Mexico State's defense, yeah, average, middle of the road in FBS this year. Again, competition matters. They haven't played a ton of tough teams. Um, so I feel like Auburn's offense could put up some points on this team. Um, it's just going to be a matter of, you know, kind of how, how locked in, how ready to go they are on Saturday afternoon. Uh, but, yeah, if you take care of business, play a clean game, you could walk out with, with that momentum, 7-4, and four, heading into an Iron Bowl where you feel pretty good about what's going on. And um, I, read, I wrote about it earlier this week, and I think I said it on our podcast that came out this morning. Wouldn't be surprised at all if on paper this ends up being a tougher game than the Arkansas game. Well, it's just because Arkansas just flat gave up for most of that game. Uh, New Mexico State should have a lot of have a lot of life and a lot of a lot of fight in them. They've had a really really good season by their standards, and they want they would love nothing more uh, than to potentially pull off an upset or heck even just play a really competitive game against a team like Auburn. Yeah, and on the other hand, I don't think Hugh Freeze, uh, you know, wants wants the last memory that he had of New Mexico State to be the one that. Uh, the one yeah. that he's thinking about. A couple of here, here are a couple of thoughts. Um, you mentioned the Auburn defense. The Broyles Award uh, nominees or the first list came out for the Broyles Award. I saw some guys in there whose whose uh, areas of expertise, their offense or their defense, aren't doing nearly as well as Ron Roberts. I, I think I think he's done a masterful job with the Auburn defense, considering their their lack of depth at some positions, especially you know, when, when they had some guys injured and out. No, I, I mean, I, I've said it the last couple of weeks, I, I, I think this is one of the best assistant coaching jobs I've seen since I've covered Auburn. Um, this defense is better than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the – I think that's a, it's a testament to how well Ron Roberts has just played to his advantages. This is a bend-don't-break defense most of the time, but, man, they get off the field. One of the best third-down defenses in the country, one of the best red zone defenses in the country – one of the best at forcing turnovers in the country. You need all those things because you're not going to be – this Auburn defense just not ha, does not have the depth and the talent right now to be this just utterly dominant defense. Uh, but um, they play to their strengths really, really well, and they know that secondary can be very active and make it tough for teams to convert, you know, must-have opportunities against them. They're ball hawks back there. And then Auburn's defensive front is really starting to, starting to really get going uh, here. Again, Alabama's – you know, pass, pass protection hasn't been great this year. Jalen McLeod, National Defensive Player of the Week last week, he was fantastic. Marcus Harris is playing well. A lot of these other guys are playing well. I think your inside linebackers have gotten to a rhythm uh, now that Austin Keys is back and you got some depth there. I mean, this defense is playing excellent. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. 
the numbers from Auburn's defense, if you just look at like yards per play or maybe even points per game, you're not going to sit here and say, oh, Auburn's got a great defense this season. You know, you might say, oh, they're pretty good. Um, but I think that undercuts just what Ron Roberts has done with this defense this year. No, I, I really, uh, I really, I mean, I didn't know all that much about Ron Roberts before coming to Auburn. I, I knew that he was Billy Napier's defensive coordinator at Louisiana. Seems like maybe Billy Napier misses Ron Roberts right now. <laughs> you think? When you think oh, my things, goodness. Things are going there. How about, how about Dave Aranda? Dave Aranda yeah. and Baylor, another guy who, you know, and he, he's somebody who built his brand on defense too. But no, Ron Roberts, uh, I, I think he's done a, a fantastic job. I, I remember earlier in the season there was there was talk on the internet, chatter about whether or not Auburn had the right guy at defensive oh, coordinator. And, and I would. Uh, the answer would, is an emphatic. I would urge, yes. yeah, I would urge Auburn to keep uh, Ron Roberts around for another season or two if they can. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and Ron Roberts, I mean, this is, this is exactly what I thought Ron Roberts was capable of because. You look at his career, and you look at the guys that coached under him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is one. Of, he is a godfather in college football. He just had only coached at really small schools in the state of Louisiana for most of his tenure, and then obviously got that Baylor job. This is the most talent he's had at his disposal, and obviously Auburn is not near where they want to be year in and year out on the talent level. But um, dude knows how to scheme up things, and uh, is a great X's and O's mind. Uh, he has launched the careers of a lot of big name coaches in college football. Um, and, um, you know, he's getting his, he's getting his opportunity to, you know, at the wheel of a, of an SEC defense. And that is, uh, he, he has really taken on to it really well. Yeah. There's, there's no question. And one other, one other thought you, you mentioned it, uh, a little earlier as well. The, one of the positions that was the most questioned coming into the season was offensive line. Auburn's mm-hmm. now rotating seven guys and playing better on the offensive front than they have in years. Yeah, I mean it is. It's really remarkable, isn't it? And I think the guys that are not rotating, like a, you know, like a Gunner Britton, like a um, maybe Dylan Wade, like his that helps um, because they've just been rock solid this season. But yeah, I mean you're starting a freshman, a true freshman at center, and you're playing well. You're rotating guards and tackles into the game, and you're playing well um, all season long. I thought this offensive line had taken a step forward. And it'd been good. It's just they had had some really tough matchups, and now they have really kind of asserted them, asserted themselves. They they've built up that chemistry. They've built up kind of that 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 edge here over the last few weeks, and they're playing teams that at the line of scrimmage just aren't as good as they are. And I think that's going to give them a ton of confidence when they go in and play Alabama. Uh, you know, uh, in, in next week, um, Bama's got a awesome defense. They got some great players at the line of scrimmage, obviously. Um, but, you know, I think this Auburn offensive line is playing with a lot of confidence, and they are running the ball. And, you know, it also helps um, that they are paving the way for a rushing attack that just did whatever it wanted mm-hmm. against Arkansas. Uh, Jarquez was 103 straight 100-yard games. Um, he's on fire. Pretty much everybody who's touching the ball is running well. Peyton Thorne's running well. Um, you know, you put all that together, uh, a lot of it goes back to that offensive line really finding its groove. And, yeah, you want to have a consistent five that's fully healthy and ready to go uh, every snap on Saturdays. Auburn doesn't have that luxury this year, uh, but they have made the most of it. I think it's very similar. I think Jake Thorne deserves a lot of credit, just like Ron Roberts deserves a lot of credit on defense. They know their limitations. They know uh, the the problem areas, um, and they know their strengths, and they've done a great job of really focusing on the strengths, minimizing the weaknesses, and uh, the result has been a lot better football here from Auburn this past few weeks. Yeah, Justin, no. Justin, you're going to watch a lot of basketball these next couple of days uh, up up in New York, and uh, no, nobody's covering the team uh, like uh, like you do it there at the Auburn Observer. It's holiday season. 
and uh, as you mentioned on the podcast, for the difficult to shop for Auburn fan in your life, I think an Auburn Observer subscription is a uh, is, is is quite the gift. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can you can give a subscription to the Observer or get one yourself. I'll go to auburnobserver.com. It's six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year, um, and we email everything out to you. We've got a ton of stuff coming up here in Brooklyn uh, with our newsletters, our podcasts covering Auburn football, men's basketball, and really exciting time of year, really fun time of year uh, to jump on board. And if you want to give a gift, um, just go. Uh, there's a couple of ways to kind of get to it on the site. But the easiest way is auburnobserver.com slash gift. You can buy a month uh, for, for somebody for $6, or you can buy that full year for 60 and they will have a full-on subscription to the Observer. They will get all the all the same stuff that that everybody gets uh, with a with a full subscription. And the best part about it is is you can set a, a date in advance, a time in advance when you want that subscription to go active. So if you oh, know, that's great. You want to yeah, you want to go on Christmas morning, or you have a Christmas mm-hmm. party, or you know, family thing. You can set it to get it right then, and they'll email them and let them know. So it's a great time. You can go ahead and get some shopping done early, like Dan said. If you're uh, if you have an Auburn fan in your life, it's hard to shop for. Um, give them give them the words in the in the podcast uh, of the Observer this time. <laughs> that sounds great, Justin. Uh, what? Let's see. First game is about an hour from now. The uh, the St. Bonaventure Oklahoma State isn't that it? Uh, yeah. About an hour. Yeah, about an hour from now. About to about to hop on the train and just try to check out the, most of that game as I can, and then yeah, Auburn tipping off at at eight central, and then doing it again tomorrow. So yeah, should be. Should be a whole lot of fun. Um, when it, it. You know, all right, we were talking with Andy. Andy's, you know, Andy wasn't able to make sure because he didn't know what time, uh, you know, the games would be ending. Or at when when they were making the schedule, he didn't know what time the, the Auburn-New Mexico State game was going to be. So that's one of the reasons he's here and Brad's up there doing the broadcast. What are your uh, return plans? You going to be able to make it back in time for kickoff? I'm not going to be able to make it back for kickoff. Uh, I'm going to be covering it remotely, uh, which is one of the few times I haven't. But, yeah, I just could not get a flight. That's what Andy said. Yeah, it was just going to be impossible uh, to make a flight. So uh, I will be covering New Mexico State from up here. Um, I'll be watching it with some Auburn fans um, here up here in New York and and covering the game that way. And then uh, we'll be right back or getting back to Auburn. Uh, Sunday night, and then it's Iron Bowl week on Monday morning. So missing this game, but decided, you know, hey, two two big basketball games over a New Mexico State, uh, you know, tune-up game. I, I, I like. I would have loved to have made it down in time, but just logistically it couldn't work. So here I am in New York instead. Yeah, uh, that's that's great. Hey, before we let you go, uh, I, I would I would be uh, in, in, I'd be scolded if I didn't mention this. Tex wanted me to let you mm-hmm. know. That uh, you're, you're marrying way up. That uh, that the Stones, Gordon and Ellen introduced him last week to your fiance. So he just uh, he wanted to pass that along. She told me that she met Tex, and I really appreciate that. Tex and Tex is 100 percent right. He's usually <laughs> right on pretty much everything, but especially especially in that case. And uh, yeah, she's she made the trip with me up here oh, uh, to New York. She loves New York, so she's uh she's you know kind of keeping an eye out for me because I am not a big city person at all. All right, Justin. You guys have a great time, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll see you sometime next week. Since we're not on, obviously on Thanksgiving, we'll yes. we'll we'll figure that out. Safe, safe travels, bud. Talk to you soon. Absolutely appreciate you guys. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. We'll open up the phone lines. Love for you to join in. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That is the drive hotline presented by Skybar. You can also text the show three three four five six four eighteen forty. 
the uh, Drive Text Box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which you can catch however you listen to podcasts. Come on in and join us. Hour number one of the Drive continues. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill and Dan with uh, Drew at the controls. Love for you to join in. 334-321-1390. Um, or you can text us, 334-564-1840. All right, uh, Auburn, New Mexico State tomorrow. Auburn, Notre Dame coming up tonight. Do you have any Harbaugh thoughts? Because I feel like the story is sort of Yeah, right now it's, it's like, okay, deal. he's agreed that he's going to take the three-game suspension and, yeah, uh, and then hopes to be back, and then, then we'll be back for whatever postseason they're in. Um, I guess he's figured, oh, I can do just about as much as – is there a way of knowing that he's not in contact with anybody on game day? No, I th- well, I think that's that's sort of a. a I'm sure it's not supposed to be yeah, understood. You know, but I wonder. I wonder if they would, would. Would you trust Jim Harbaugh not to be in contact well, with somebody? Well, the rule, on game day. There, there are rules in place about outside communication. You know, folks on the sidelines aren't supposed to be communicating yeah. with anyone. Yeah, but I mean, what if what if somebody in the uh, in in the in the suite next to the coach's booth or something's getting a getting a text or two. I don't know what exactly Jim Harbaugh just, will I be doing. I would not put anything past that guy. You know, we, we sort of speculated when they announced the suspension that, that Jim Harbaugh would maybe stay at the team hotel while the team goes to the stadium because that's sort of the yeah, last place. He just can't where- be – Game, on the game site, right, and so and and a lot of teams, even for home games, will travel to a hotel the night before the yeah. game and and stay together as a team. M- maybe Jim Harbaugh is with the team up until I would the, I would sure think so. I up, mean, I I would sort of expect that of any coach up that is allowed bus, to do that. Yeah, up, up until, until the, the bus leaves. Up until the bus leaves, Jim yep. Harbaugh's there at the hotel. And that's probably where he's going to watch the game. Of course, you know? I, I what I'd want to do is make sure I check out that bus driver with the uh, you know the sunglasses and the maybe he goes the, the odd looking mustache. Well, he, he's going to pull the Bobby Valentine. I, I, again, I, I don't know that I'd put it past him. Mission Impossible mask, <laughs> and he's going to take it off, and it's it's Jim Harbaugh. Uh, the uh, and and I guess the this week's development was that there was going to be a hearing uh, in in court uh, in Michigan right on Friday morning, and part of the agreement between the Big Ten and the University of Michigan with Harbaugh taking this two game suspension is they're dropping that. Is that not yeah, there, there will not be a hearing. The right. Big Ten officially is closing their case or, or ending their investigation into the uh, sign stealing. And, and I believe the belief would be from the Big Ten Conference that once the Ohio State game is over, Jim Harbaugh is back in good standing. Yeah. and uh, That's all the Big Ten. That's all the Big Ten announced. And if Michigan, I imagine Michigan will be favored in both of these games that Jim Harbaugh will, will not be the coach in. And if that happens, they will be. Uh, Twelve and zero, and the Big Ten. You're champ. sure they're favored over Ohio State? Is that game? Is that game? It, 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 it is at Michigan. Yeah, I, th- I think they're favored yeah. at home against against Ohio State. I think I think it would be. I'm thinking and if they lose, he's they've got a built-in excuse. Exactly, they didn't have Harbaugh with Al- them. Although I don't think it's an excuse that will carry water with the playoff votes. No, no, like, I, I, don't I, don't, I don't think eleven and one, eleven and one at home loss to Ohio State is going to be enough. Like I, I think that could probably burst the bubble, and that's you know absent a bigger, absent a bigger playoff field. 
what we're getting this year seemingly is, I mean, we'll see if they actually hold up as playoff games, right? But you think about uh, uh, Georgia-Alabama and the SEC championship game, Ohio State-Michigan potentially, uh, you know, with, with a game where the winner has a great shot at the playoff and the loser has a diminished shot. Yeah, it's play-ins to the, the playoff. Exactly. I mean, even even Florida State-Louisville, which is one people aren't really talking about. But right. if, if Louisville keeps winning, I mean, Louisville could be an 11-1 and a team in the ACC championship game, mm-hmm. facing, yeah, they're nine and right now, facing off against a twelve and zero Florida State team, and and the winner of that game. I mean, suddenly, you I, think they jump? You think that, I don't know? I think you would. I think need they'd have trouble. Twelve jumping. and one, twelve and one. Louisville would need help. Yes, right? they I would, agree. They would need. Um, they'd probably need a two loss team to win a conference, right? Like that's mm-hmm. probably where it would. Yeah, need I think a, so. You know, they, they would need someone to slip up on conference championship game. They'd need you know, Texas to lose or. Uh, if if there was a uh, if it's I, I guess they'd need Washington to lose twice you know things like that would probably need to happen to benefit uh, or, or or you know not they, the a path would need to be cleared mm-hmm. for for Louisville although they could throw a wrench into Florida State's plans oh there's no question they could they could end Florida State I mean they, hopes. I mean, they could they could burst a bubble there so yeah I think we could get some really compelling you know and, and there have been there have been conference championship game Saturdays that have been lacking drama. Because it's just been, all right, well, these four heavy favorites just need to win their game, and it'll be fine. I don't know if that's what we're going to get. Uh, this, uh, I don't know if that's what we're going to get, especially if things hold uh, these these next two weeks. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it, it, that's what's so fun about this time of year. Speaking of this time of year, you know what, you know what today is? November 16th. That's right. What's November's? Well, I've got one that that sort of is not the first answer everybody would have. Are we talking it's, ten years? It's my it's my son it's my son's birthday, my younger son's birthday. Happy birthday, it younger is, son! It is ten years since he was a senior at Auburn, right? A Tiger host standing in the south end zone as for, for Ric- as Ricardo Lewis ran right to him. Ten years ago today was a prayer at Jordan Hare, Auburn, Georgia. 2013. Yep. Well, you know, and that's and that's a game. So I mean, what what a birthday present it was for Matt, and for for those of you, if any of you want to go back and uh, relive that moment from from ten years ago when you watch the shot from behind Ricardo Lewis as he's running into the end zone, keep your eye on the the two young men in the end zone that you'll see with Shakers. My son is the left-hander. He's the southpaw who you'll see them both. If you if you can slow it down, you'll see them both look like, oh, crap. And then the next thing you see is he looks like he levitated. I mean, it's probably the, the best the best vertical he ever put in as he bounce, jumps up and down and Ricardo Lewis runs into the end zone. And, you know, but both the 2013 Georgia and, and Alabama games, you know, they're they're most famous for the ending or the game. The go that ahead. was not the ending. That's the thing. A the lot of people, a lot of people yeah. think, wow, and the game was over. No, Georgia drove down and yeah. had a chance. Yeah, Auburn took a was it a one point lead? No, Auburn the, was down one. Down one. That that's put right, them that's right, up that's right. five. They went for two, didn't make it, and Georgia had a chance to take the lead yes. with a touchdown at the end. Yeah, yeah. Georgia was, sure was driving to uh, no. So so it's yeah, you're right. Auburn Auburn got the one point lead with the uh, with the, Auburn was down one. They blew the a big big lead. Well, yeah, up twenty. You know, and that's something. Auburn was up twenty. I was watching that yeah. game with a group of people. In Los Angeles, Auburn fans at that the at the LA bar, which I think is gone now, but but it was the uh, it was the place the Auburn club used to uh, used to congregate, 
And when Auburn scores to go up 19, I remember saying, you have to go for two. You go, you go for two in this situation, and you and you go up 21. That's the, because Georgia, it's late enough in the game, Georgia's not going to kick any field goals. You you have to make this a 21 mm-hmm. point lead. And someone else, like, whatever. It's not what, what Auburn. This, well, Auburn was dominating. Dominating. Absolutely I mean, they were dominating. dominating. And I remember thinking, I really hope that doesn't come back. And then you like, felt like as as the ball left. As the ball left Nick Marshall's hand, sure. and you saw Sammy Coach running wide open 20 yards downfield, well, let's, let's you be, saw where that up. ball's trajectory was. All right, I'm in the press box there on the 50-yard line. The ball left his hand. It's over. I mean, you can tell that ball is overthrown. There's no way, and it gets tipped. And Ricardo, who did not have the reputation as having the best hands on the team, blindly has the ball land in his hands. When, how early did you think Georgia could come back and take the lead? Because I had bad How feelings. early? When they scored the first time, the and first, then Auburn got, and then Auburn had to give the ball back. See, I thought it was the Auburn, the failed Auburn drive after the first Georgia touchdown. Yes, You're yes. Right. When, when they got like, the ball oh, down no. two scores, don't let, well, down 13, I'm yeah. thinking, uh-oh, this is not good. Don't let Murray, you know, because yeah. the secondary hadn't looked good on that Georgia scoring drive yep. before, and it's like, oh, I mean, this this path is open. You know, this this is a, you know, we, we could get it. But that is just like the Iron Bowl in 2013. Those are two sensational football games, like unbelievable games. Yes. And then, and then, and there's, then there's the ending. And then there's a play at the end yeah. that overshadows all of it. But, like, if you go back and watch the highlights or the entire game, like, the, I mean, that was. It's not like, oh, a couple of boring games no. that just happened to have a spectacular play. No, it really, I mean, just, just back it. and back and forth heavyweight title fights of a uh, football game. So, yeah, happy anniversary to uh, to everyone, I think, especially uh, the Auburn folks uh, involved uh, with, uh, with with the 2013 win against Georgia. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And happy birthday, Matt. He's, happy uh, birthday, Matt. He's, he's up, you know, they're up in, they're up in New York as well. But uh, he checks out the podcast, which, of course, are sponsored by Southeastern is Ma- Industrial. Is, Ma- is Matt checking it out tonight? Is he going to be yeah. in Barclays? Oh, or? yeah. Very cool. Yeah. yeah, they're up there. So, and, and, they, and they're going to – and they won't be back till Sunday. Same thing. It's like uh, – now, I, I don't know that they were going to try to rush back. They've got some friends up I there, too. I think you so. could have a – I mean, to say nothing of the season Auburn's had, I just think circumstance between the basketball team and – the full week off for the Thanksgiving holiday. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of uh, a lot of Auburn students uh, are leaving town a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. A lot of Auburn students have already left town. That's I think also true. <laughs> um, so so I, think, I can tell you that from yeah. uh, my roster of student yes. employees. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, so so it's. Uh, I, I think you could see a lighter than you could see a, a you know kind of a light home crowd on on Saturday. It's a great opportunity though. I mean, there are a lot of folks that might not have been able to get to a game that uh, hopefully can on uh, Saturday. Yeah, if you haven't seen, I know one, we're using all of our tickets. If you, haven't, if you haven't seen one yet this year, you get the chance. I'm sure. Yeah, there there will be uh, there, there will be ample opportunity. Oh, speaking of which, if you're in the New York area listening to this and you're not sure about going tonight, there's a ton of affordable tickets in the secondary market for Auburn Notre Dame. Well, that's so that's you, good to know. You go check out Vivid Seats or, or any of those uh any of those scalper sites. I don't know if they like being called scalper sites, but if you go go check out uh, any of the the, the secondary market uh, mm-hmm. seats, there there apparently are qu- quite a few Auburn Notre Dame tickets and, and pretty good seats uh, available for tonight at Parkways. All right, we need to get to our final break of hour number 1. Stick with us as we continue here on the Thursday Drive. 
Yellowwood knows that a five-star... 106.7. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final minute or so of hour number one of the Thursday Drive. Our thanks to Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Joining us from New York where Auburn and Notre Dame will play at the uh, at uh, the Barclay Center there in Brooklyn at 8 o'clock, 7.30 airtime on Wings 94.3, following the, uh, uh, the Tiger Talk. Tiger Talk. Yeah. Golly, I was like, it's, uh, I, was, I was flashing back to dial and die and things like that. Yeah, Tiger Talk from 6 to 7. I made reference to New Mexico State being coached by Hal Mummy on the Observer podcast. Oh, yeah? Hal Mummy hadn't been there since 2008. <laughs> So, yeah, no, some, it's Jerry Kill. That's some right. things get frozen in time. Right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> hey, mention how much you, Dan found Yo. tickets. There are tickets available near courtside, yeah. cheaper than you can buy standing room tickets for non-conference games at Auburn. Yeah, Auburn Notre Dame tonight. Some some really uh, affordable tickets on the secondary market. Really close. You to said the floor. like five rows behind the bench for twenty five dollars. Yeah, for un- behind under, the Auburn bench, under under forty bucks. Yes, I mean so. so at an NBA arena. Cons- consult that if you're thinking about going. Tells you how hot a ticket Auburn basketball is at home. All right. Uh, we're halfway done. David Pascal from Chattanooga joins us when we come back for hour number two of the Thursday Drive. The following is an Auburn Network production. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. <laughs> The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Thursday Drive. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls here on this Thursday. Hope everybody doing well on another nice fall afternoon slash early evening uh our thanks to uh, justin ferguson who's usually with us uh, has been i mean he has been on the road he's been uh he's been everywhere he's been everywhere man he's been everywhere sioux falls uh fayetteville he was in tulsa you know before he got in into fayetteville you know many times through atlanta and now he's in uh, in the big apple getting ready to watch Auburn basketball tonight in Brooklyn as the Tigers take on Notre Dame. So he has, he's been all across the country here in the last couple of weeks. I, I believe Justin's intention this season is to go to every game that Auburn basketball plays away from home. He's had to, he had to miss the home opener because he was in Fayetteville uh, for, for the football game the next night. But, but the, I believe every time Auburn plays on the road this year, including Boone, including uh, you know Atlanta and wherever else they go in um, in December. Uh, I, th- I think I think his intention is to go check out all of them, and uh, and, and he's he's making good on that right now by uh, by going and see him in, in Brooklyn tonight. Yeah, Sioux Falls last week and Brooklyn tonight. So our, our thanks to Justin for joining us in hour number one. Our regular hour two guest joining us now from Chattanooga, and that is David Pascal of the Chattanooga Times Free Press and ESPN Chattanooga. David, how you doing today? 
I'm doing great. Justin's just a globetrotter right now, isn't it? Yeah, no kidding. It's, could, it's, it's great. I couldn't remember. There's also a game in Rocket City. Uh, Auburn and uh, yeah, Huntsville. Uh, Auburn, Auburn and UNC Asheville. That's uh, not exactly Sioux Falls. The, tra- or, the travel or, or New York. <laughs> from I mean, but Boone, Atlanta, and Huntsville in December. So the travel calms, travel calms down a little bit for Auburn basketball before conference play in January uh, ramps it back up. Oh yeah, yeah. So that should be a fun one tonight. Well, Auburn football is done with its road trips, and uh, David, last week I, I think everyone was. Um, caught a little bit by surprise at, at, at how Auburn just took over early and, and put Arkansas away. Yeah, uh, myself included. That was kind of like the uh, Mississippi State first half on steroids. I mean, I, you know, I guess it was, what, 21 to nothing in nine minutes or whatever it was? So, yeah, midway through uh, the first. I mean, just an absolute beatdown. I mean, Auburn's had just so much success in recent years out in Fayetteville, and that continued, and – uh, I know Hugh Freeze has to be tickled. It kind of reminds you of, uh, you know, there have been some some late-season successful games under first-year coaches. You think about uh, how how Auburn looked that year in Athens, Tuberville's first year in 99. And, you know, you just want your team playing the best at the end of the year, and credit to Hugh Freeze. I mean, they just you, – you fast – I mean, you, you go back to the Cal game, and then you go to this one. Uh, you know, you think about just – what all they can do offensively now that they weren't doing before. And, you know, special teams, they've been so good lately. So, yeah, just an absolute three-phase exactly the way you want it kind of win. Yeah, and, and we're – you know, it's, it's hard not to look ahead to some of the potential conference championship game matchups or even playoff matchups should we get them. But there were folks wondering if Georgia had been, uh, you know, largely – uh, you know, leaning on its reputation the last couple of years as the best team in the country rather than showing on the field that they uh, were the best team in the country. Georgia against Ole Miss looked like a team that, that yes, they did. Uh, may, may be in a class all their own. Well, and, and we talked about it before, but that, that, that roster the other day had Kendall Milton. It had Ladd McConkie. It had Brock Bowers. It had Xavier Trust. It had a Marius Mims. I mean, there have been huge chunks of the season where multiple of those guys have been missing. And so they all come together. Uh, really one of the best offensive outputs in the league this year. I mean, 611 yards, 311 passing, uh, 300 rushing. So just an absolute dominant. But, I mean, that's who Georgia can be. I mean, I've been coming on here for years. I've always loved Mike Bobo as a play caller. I mean, in 12 12- 13 and 14 he set georgia single season records in different categories and uh people were doubting him at the beginning of the year he's finally got all the pieces and i guess just the most unique dynamic about them is how uh how how pass happy they can be how how they pass it more than they can run they can do both uh it's just they they've had a lot of success throwing it all over the place yeah, they, they they really really have had a a um, I mean uh, had a dominating performance last week and th- this week um, and I'll, I'll get we'll get back to some of the other news from last week but uh, this week's matchup was was really being looking looked forward to by an awful lot of people and Tennessee went and messed that up. Yeah, that's a, that was uh, that was a long trip to drive out to uh, Columbia. I had never been to Como before, so that was my first venture. Wow! And it's kind of inter- it's kind of interesting when you do what I do, and you, you spend a lot of time. 
you know, I've spent most of my time through the years at either Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, or Auburn, and you just think about the facilities in those schools, and for those who have never been to Missouri, I mean, the the facilities there are just, I mean, almost like Stone Ages. High school sort of seeming, like a big high school. I mean, I joke with Jim Don, and I was like, you know, he was a play caller at Missouri before he went to Oklahoma and won the national championship when Jamel Holloway was a freshman in 85. But I was like, I guarantee you that press box hadn't changed a lick from the time you called plays out there. I mean, it's that yellow, that mustard yellow, and, I mean, it's just ancient. And, you know, all those facilities are right there together. I mean, that baseball stadium uh, looks like that hadn't been updated in years, and I mean it's just a it's just a weird place to go when you're used to Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, and Tennessee. But but credit to Missouri, they're having a fantastic year. They've cycled up some good years since they've been in the SEC. You know, as long as they do well, they can tap into St. Louis and and Kansas City and show that they the in-state team can win. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because that was a Dominant game. I yeah, mean, Tennessee had three snaps in the first quarter. Three. I I was unaware of uh, hard feelings between Josh Heupel and Eli Drinkwitz. Um, I, I know. I mean, I guess I'd forgotten that Tennessee scored sixty six and maybe ran it up on Missouri uh, last season. Uh, but uh, it was a it was a, a curious handshake uh, there there at the end of the game. And, and you know, Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, you know, did, so I, I don't know that that was. Um, well, what do you what do you make of of the way uh, you know the, of the coaches' interaction at the end of that game, David? There there has been some back and forth. Uh, it really uh, Eli Drinkwitz. If you remember before Heupel even coached his first game, when some of those Tennessee revelations under Jeremy Pruitt came out, that Jeremy Pruitt's wife was involved. You know, Eli Drinkwitz told a radio station up in Missouri, he's like, well, I, I, my wife's been really letting me down. I didn't know your wife could do all this as far as, you know, like taking shots at, <laughs> at, at the Pruitt. And so, you know, but there is some spurrier elements in that, you know, the style of offense, you know, that Florida used to do. When Florida would put in their backups, Spurrier would want them to keep throwing because mm-hmm. he's like, that's what we do in practice. And so Heupel – when he puts his backups in, he wants to have that same type of tempo. And so, uh, really, earlier this month, Tennessee crushed UConn, and 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 uh, and Jim Mora got upset because Heupel was still kind of running that offense with his guys. And so, yes, Tennessee did score a touchdown last year with about 30 seconds left to turn a 59-24 game into 66-24. So, yes, there's some definite back and forth there, but we talked about it last week. Last week it was like, you know, six out of seven games have been decided by three touchdowns, and and now it's seven out of eight between Missouri <laughs> right. have just been absolute blowouts. I don't know why that is. It's just that's the way it's been. I'll tell you what, though, David, speaking from experience, n- nobody gets upset about something insignificant to distract from his team getting blown out like Jim Mora. Like, I mean, that, that is that's, – that's not not a shocking thing to, to learn, that he was upset that the other team kept scoring while the game was, uh, while the game was out of reach. Yeah. Hey, let's, let's get to your, your thoughts on the, uh, the coaching moves that we saw over the weekend. Um, very rare to see an in-season – uh, game where both coaches are let go farewell the tour. next day. Yeah, yeah, and it's got to be the first time in history a coach has been fired after a forty-one point win. Um, you know, it's uh, 
you know, we kind of there have been rumblings that this was possible that Texas A&M had the money lined up and and that this could happen, and and sure enough, it did. Uh, you know, it's just wild that that Auburn's record of twenty one point five mil is, oh, it's is totally, nothing now. Uh, a, a distant, distant second in the in the buyout category. Uh, and then you know, with the Arnett situation, it is. It's, it's one of those that you can understand both. You understand why they named him last year because of what those players were going through with the, the tragic passing of Mike Leach, but you also understand that they're just like, look, this is the SEC. We're about to add Oklahoma and Texas. We are totally outmatched in every every way, shape, and form. I mean, it, it is just kind of unique that this guy never got to coach in an Egg Bowl. Yeah, and that, that is crazy. And then there were there were some rumblings that uh, you know I, I, it felt like maybe Arkansas was going to follow suit over the weekend. But right now it appears Sam Pittman is okay. I'm wondering not just about Sam. I'm wondering about Billy Napier at Florida. Man, the last four games they have just absolutely been torched, and they've they're at Columbia this weekend. Missouri, and then they've got Florida State. How are they not going to finish five and seven and be eleven and fourteen in its first two years? I agree. I agree. I think Florida they, they're they're competitive in games, but they just don't defensively. They just collapse at some point. I mean, it's just amazing how bad they are on defense. And and the thing about Florida that becomes interesting though is, I mean, I, I guess everything changes in a week because I've read where Napier would be in that thirty-two, thirty-three million buyout area which is now nothing compared to 77. Right. But, uh, Florida would have to do a whole bunch of stuff because Scott Strickland hired Mullen and he hired Napier. And so if you fire Napier, are you going to keep an athletic director? And I love Scott. I remember when Scott worked at Auburn. Sure. I mean, we both come from a, a sports information background under David Housel. And it's just it's one of those deals where it's like um, – you know, I, I, I think if Napier's gone, I don't see how Strickland survives either, as much as I hate to say that. Yeah, that is that, that is crazy to think. Um, any game catch your eye this weekend? It's one of those weekends where there are, there are a lot of one-sided uh, projections. It's hard for me to believe that Tennessee is going to be able to to hang for the entire game with Georgia, although I, I expect them to, you know, to put up a fight for the first half. But, I mean, what game is the, the most interesting to you this weekend? Well, I know Dan always appreciates a good stat. Uh, I'm going to be going up to Neyland Stadium. Georgia, uh, Tennessee is trying to become the first SEC East team to defeat a Kirby Smart coach Georgia team in its own stadium. Kirby Smart and Georgia are 19-0 and wow. on the road against SEC East teams. Um you know, they, they lost at home to Tennessee on the Hail Mary in 16. They lost to Vandy at home when Zach Cunningham had that great game in 16. They lost to South Carolina at home in 19. They've lost a couple of times to Florida. But they have never uh, lost a true road game to an SEC East team. So that's what uh, Tennessee is going to try to do on Saturday. I think Tennessee keeps it close for a little bit, but – uh, George is just so good at pulling away and being dominant in the second half. Right. And, and Tennessee has just not shown that when the, when the momentum goes the other way, they can't do anything to stem it. I'll, I will also be uh, in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee this weekend. I'm not going to the game uh, on Saturday. He's going to be in the traffic, though, I think. Troy, Troy and Tennessee <laughs> women's basketball on Sunday. Uh, at uh, at Thompson okay. Bowling, so I'm going to be calling that game, and we arrive. Actually, we'll be practicing 
at Thompson Bowling during uh, <laughs> during Tennessee Georgia. <laughs> He's so, never been in the Knoxville traffic. So if you pop in, if you David. want to pop into basketball and say hi, David, I'll I'll be uh, I'll, I'll be in the house. That is awesome. That is awesome. No, it's uh, I guess Tennessee had a. Tennessee had a unique loss to Florida State the other night in women's basketball. I'd never heard this. Tennessee scored 20 points in the first quarter, which isn't bad. No. And they were down 14. They were down 14 in the first quarter after scoring 20 points. Wow. Florida State is in – I mean, that, that was the first game I ever called for Troy years ago, but that's a that's a really good Florida State team this year, maybe one of the five or six best in the country. Well, and, they can uh, score 34 and a quarter yeah. against air. That's not too and, bad. And t- Tennessee's got, Tennessee's got <laughs> exactly. a pretty good – Tennessee's Golly. got a pretty good roster, too. Uh, great great stuff, David. Yeah, David, really appreciate you spending time with us. Uh, always do let everybody know how they can keep up with everything you're doing. Timesfreepress.com and ESPNChattanooga.com. All right, good luck to the uh, to the youngster tonight on the, on the mat. <laughs> always enjoy it, guys. Take right. care. Have a great weekend. Take care. And we will talk to David again before Thanksgiving. He's going to be on with us next Wednesday. So that's why I didn't uh, wish him happy Thanksgiving. Not that I, I mean, I, I do wish him happy Thanksgiving, but we'll be able to say that we'll have a, We'll have another Next chance. Wednesday. All right, we'll get to our first break here of hour number two. Love for you to join in. 334-321-1390. That's the Drive Hotline presented by Skybar. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840. That's the Drive Text Box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And they also sponsor the podcast, available however you listen to podcasts. Hour number two of The Drive brought to you, as usual, by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Right back. Stick with us here on the Thursday Drive. This is Scott Bagwell. Catch it at 382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 20 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Thursday. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls. Love for you to join in. Yeah, we were just talking about I mean, one of the things David Pascal was saying, and I, I hadn't thought about it either, but it would be very difficult. Uh, it would be hard, hard to imagine Scott Strickland surviving as AD at Florida, if if uh, Billy Napier's got to go. The returns in basketball haven't been overwhelming either these last couple of years, right? I mean, you think about the, you know, especially compared to era's past. No, Mike White appears to be off at, to a better start at Georgia yeah. than, he, than things went for him at Florida, and that's right. crazy, isn't right. it? And you think about how much Billy Donovan won at, yeah. at Florida in, uh, in years past. They expect I mean, to win. I mean, they don't just expect to be good. They expect to be there at the top of the league in in everything. Florida's five and five with uh, with with Missouri and two Florida most State. likely losses coming. Yeah, with Missouri and Florida State left on the schedule. I, I mean, the, the recruiting class is, is it was it looked great. The vultures about are, a month ago. Vultures are circling right. They're looking to pick off different aspects of that if they see some weakness there with Florida and uh, and as as was pointed out to me by a, a listener earlier today, Bill. Florida's schedule next year. Oh, it's oh, it is I, I, brutal. I believe, I believe Florida's out of conference games next year are UCF, Miami, Florida State, and there's there's one somewhat manageable one in there. Maybe they play a MAC team or something. But they but have it's, it's it's eleven Power Five opponents, and they on the schedule next year. Who did who did they draw? They drew did they draw? I believe they added Oklahoma. They I mean look at their you know everybody's schedule. Um, I mean, yeah, their schedule was just ridiculous 
when when we saw it. They've got uh, the the conference opponents are uh, Georgia, Kentucky, LSU, and Ole. Miss. Okay, so they at home they play Kentucky, LSU, Ole Miss, and Texas A and M. Okay, that's that's a piece of cake. On the road, they play Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Texas. And then they've got Georgia, Georgia and in, Jacksonville. In Jacksonville. Those are so your got Mississippi games. State is the one game I could say, yeah, they, they definitely will be favored in. I mean, they're probably favored at home against Kentucky, you'd think. Probably. But Kentucky's won a lot of those. Yeah, they lately. have. Kentucky, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that's a, uh, you know, Sam Pittman and, and Billy Napier are two coaches who seem to be on the thinnest of ice mm-hmm. right now. And I would – people would call it an overreaction. Uh, you know, some people would maybe call it an overreaction if either of those schools went in a different direction. Well, people called it an overreaction by Auburn to get rid of Brian Harson in yeah. two years. Oh, yeah. You know, you know we've totally – People on the outside looking in. But oh. a, lot of, a lot of Gator hey, – Gator fans, uh, they were – they calmed a little bit by the recruiting, but they're losing recruits left and right now. I mean, watching it was the Auburn Georgia It was the Auburn Georgia game last year that ended with like a minute long soliloquy by Rick Neuheisel about how you just need to be patient with Brian Harson and let him bring yeah, in his players. Rick's not singing that song and, anymore. And yeah, I don't think he'll acknowledge that he said any of this anymore, but it was a minute. I mean, it, the, the last minute of the Auburn-Georgia game was talking about how oh, I remember people that. are going to use this as evidence that Auburn needs to make a change, and they're wrong. They just need to let Brian Harson. It's like it was – It was. Uh, I mean, I get that Rick, you know, if, if, uh, West Coast guys uh, want to stick together. I guess. Rick, I'm a UCLA guy. You know, I don't want to bury you too bad. But, no, I mean, absolutely. It was, you know, people called it an overreaction when Auburn made the change after, after year two. I don't think it would be an overreaction at Florida or Arkansas, especially if they think there's someone who could win more mm-hmm. than what they've gotten lately. And I think at both of those places, I mean, depending on who you get, uh, I think both those places could think, yeah, we, we could have a coach that puts us – uh, in better position than the coach we have right now. 334-321-1390. That is the drive hotline. And let's get to it. And Crawford is up first. Hey, Crawford. Hey, guys. I'm not going to take credit for this, but I heard this, I think, on the Max Roundtable about Pittman, is that the reason that he is still there is that his buyout is contingent on his overall record. And right now, he is at 50%. Yeah, I believe he's 33 and 33 or something, that's I think exa- is what I saw. That's exactly right. And if he's 50% or better, his buyout is 75% of his future salary. If he's under 500, it's 50%. Right. It's about a $5 million. I believe I was told it's like, I think 17 and 12. Yeah, well, you know what? That I heard from Arkansas people. And it's, if, if he right, were to, right. So if he, I, if I he think that's lose, why they're waiting, but if. If they win, which they should against Florida you know, International, yeah. yeah, then and the worst lose. they could be at the end of the year would be thirty-four it's, it's, and thirty-four. It's his record, That's exactly right. Let so me tell I, you I what: with, see, with, so. with 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 folks like uh, the the Waltons, the Tysons, Jerry Jones, um, I would think that if they feel like they need to make a change, five million dollars should be covered by one of those. But, by one yeah, of those I, do, I don't I, think. I, the, well, I understand. I understand your point, Crawford. Because if if Arkansas were to lose both of these games, then they could fire Sam Pittman and save five million dollars. Right. They're probably not going to lose on Saturday. They're a thirty point favorite right. at home to FIU, but maybe they're waiting for the FIU game and possibly the Missouri game afterward uh, to make a final decision. I suspect that if they do. They're falling behind. I mean, yeah. Well, and you're exactly right, Bill. But I don't think the folks in Bentonville are too concerned about it. 
So at any rate, I just want to interject that. Yeah. So have a good night. Hey, appreciate the call, Crawford. No, I'd, I'd heard that before, and we 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 looked at it and and thought, yeah, he's not going to be under five hundred now. But I mean, I just I can't imagine if if the power brokers want him gone, then I would think that I mean, it, this we're not talking you know, $20 million or, I mean, not that, oh, $5 million ain't exactly a drop in the bucket. I mean, but for I mean, some really folks, wanna... for some folks, they could handle that if they really feel like they need to make if, a change. If you're really, if you're really penny pinching here, couldn't you save, couldn't you pay FIU a million bucks not to show up on, on, on Saturday and then, and then you're saving, you know, that, that game's canceled and then the loss next week drops Sam Pittman below. Well, that's true. I you mean, could do that. Couldn't you pay FIU? You're trying to save the five million. You, you know, you, you pay a million of it to FIU to just not have a game on Saturday. Well, what, you, you, you're going to say, you're such, uh, well, if you really want to go ahead and do it, you forfeit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that, that's a loss. Yeah, then he's gone. You can go ahead and do it now. I mean, I'm not. not but no, my point is, not I mean, advocating for this. No, no, no. But, uh, but no, but my point is, I mean, if if they're gonna make a change, you don't want to be behind other schools that have already uh, made that change. Well, you know, maybe you gotten rid of their coach and have an opening, and are and are pursuing other coaches now. Maybe he's let go on Sunday morning, regardless of what happens on Saturday, right? Like I maybe, mean, maybe, maybe they're maybe if they struggle the, against Florida International. But even if they don't, right? I mean, yeah. maybe they decide. Well, that's that true. I mean, because I mean, if A and M got rid of Jimbo if, after a fifty-one if, ten win, if they win, you know, Sam Pittman won't be below five hundred. You know what his buyout will be, and it'll eliminate any doubt as far as the buyout if they win right. on Saturday. No, that's true. Maybe on Sunday they pay him that amount of money to step down, or like I, I could see, I could see that. Uh, happening even before the even before the Missouri game, maybe he gets the Missouri game. It would be a, it would be a stunning show of loyalty by Juracek to give Sam Pittman another year. I think after after what we've seen the last couple of weeks, and yeah, it sounds like now you know there's less patience than ever before. How? But with the but with the portal and and uh, yeah, but I mean you're not going to have KJ Jefferson or Rocket Sanders next year. Now KJ does have a year of eligibility. K- K- you K- think he would come back? I don't know to Arkansas. I, I don't know. For he has year? He, KJ Jefferson has another year of eligibility. I don't know if he's helped his pro prospects uh, this season. This I don't. Year. I don't think he's looked as he hasn't looked like a pro passer. Uh, so so no, I I don't know if he's uh, maybe that's. I mean, you know what? That was that was a more interesting proposition before the season, right? As far as like adding KJ. Hey, if, if uh, you know what are you thinking? You're going to try to save the five million dollars and bring KJ back for another year of this. I don't think so. No, I, no, I, I think that's probably. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I could see that maybe that's the next domino that falls in the uh, in, in the SEC. W- wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Plenty of time for you to join in in the final half hour here on the Thursday Drive. Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Thursday evening with Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls. Want to make sure everybody knows where everything is uh, tonight again. I know, I know it's. Uh, I never know where everything is. Right, but we got ba- we got live. We oh, got we're talking about. We're talking about <laughs> we, got, we got Tiger Talk. We got <laughs> basketball, and we got a Lee Scott Championship game. Right, like, isn't that isn't that all uh, on the on the docket tonight? That is right. AU one hundred is where you can catch Lee Scott. Uh, going for the uh, now, I'm, I'm going to get this wrong, Bill. Three A. It is the yeah the three A AISA state 
championship for AISA. That's right. That so the correct. state championship, Jacob and the gang will have that call on AU100. Tiger Talk, 6 o'clock on, uh, on, on Wings 94.3. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be uh, – Andy's doing it, right? Yeah, because Andy's doing Tiger Talk. And uh, let's see. Uh, I, I know he had um, Hugh Freeze, I believe, uh, Brent Crouch. Uh, then oh, he, he had a long list. I could I could probably look it up and tell you who all is going to be on Tiger Talk tonight, but I mean, it's very impressive. I think they've got uh, uh, multiple players on as well. So so yeah, Andy will have that. Um, I would it's, guess uh, uh, that should that should be back at Baumhauer's uh, because it's a home game. I believe, and it's um, let me see if I got. I believe it's Brad and I know I had him in the uh, Randall Dickey. It's Brad and Randall Dickey tonight on, on the radio for, uh, for for Auburn in Brooklyn. Uh, so you can, if you're going to listen to that on Wings 94.3, uh, they'll do a great job as Auburn takes on Notre Dame. Uh, that's the it's a second game, by the way. So if you want to watch, I think the first one's also on ESPN. Uh, the, uh, the 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 Notre Dame or the the opponent tomorrow, uh, the St. Bonaventure versus Oklahoma State game. Uh, if you want to watch that on uh, on ESPN, the the winner of that game will play the winner of Auburn Notre Dame uh, in the matchup tomorrow. We mentioned that we we could be. Uh, you know, we we could be short thirty minutes tomorrow, depending on what. We're happens. hoping we are not just because we want an early start to the weekend, but that means Auburn wins tonight against Notre Dame. Auburn, uh, the uh, Saint Bonaventure Oklahoma. And we get an early start. To the uh, weekend. Saint Bonaventure Oklahoma State game is going to be on ESPNU. So if you want to watch the game, that uh, should be starting right now. And that game is about to start on ESPNU. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State is a is about a three and a half point favorite. In that game, I'm ESPN. surprised, but well, I guess uh, I thought I thought the Bonnies were picked fairly high. Uh, they they were. They ran into Kinesius and oh. got beat uh, at home over the weekend. Uh, that's a tough Kinesius team from the MAC, not the MAC that plays football on Tuesday nights on ESPN. No. The MAC with an extra A. It's all the MAC. That's right. The one that's all private schools in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quinnipiac, Iona. Quinnipiac. 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 Yeah, Quinnipiac. Yeah, Quinnipiac. The, the emphasis on the Quinn. Quinnipiac, uh, which I only know from the polls, right? The, the Quinnipiac political polls. I, I, no, well, I, re- I remember for some reason my mom talking about Quinnipiac. Ni- uh, maybe maybe she was up there. Niagara. Is, is, it, is, it, is it around Syracuse? I believe that. I, I think that's right. Niagara's okay. in that league. Uh, mm-hmm. Manhattan's in that league. Iona, uh, Rick Pitino. Uh, was just coaching yeah. Iona before jumping to St. John's, and uh, and don't be surprised, like we were saying off the air. Hey. Don't be surprised if St. John's is pretty good, pretty they soon. They will be pretty good fairly quickly. That the, the guy can coach. Every, may, yeah. Whatever you may think of him, man, he can coach. Yeah, and and he's got uh, he, he's got a team that we were just watching. There's a tournament going on in Sh- in uh, Charleston where St. John's won the earlier game. They were waiting to see what happened in the Dayton LSU and LSU game. led throughout. And lost it at the end to former Alabama coach uh, Anthony Grant yep. and the uh, and, and the Dayton Flyers. That game now we'll know. Uh, yeah, Dayton and St. John's will play tomorrow. That's an interesting little mm-hmm. uh, game between a couple of teams that have have had some very yeah, impressive basketball teams uh, in their uh, in, in their history. So yeah, but Auburn Notre Dame uh, tonight. ESPN two. I think I said it was on ESPN. ESPN two uh, tonight has uh, Auburn Notre Dame. That game starting at eight o'clock central. Presumably, of course, they've got you know they're, they're going to have well at least they they're spacing the games two and a half hours. But the games seem to be going like two fifteen. Right. So it'll probably closer to eight fifteen. I wonder if they have start, to. I, I wonder. I wonder if they clear it and, and it's a no. New, I don't think so. So from what I heard, it's uh, uh, one ticket got you into both games. 
Okay, so yeah, so so check uh, check that on ESPN two and Wings ninety four three uh, tonight. Auburn and uh, Notre Dame. And I, and I do have uh, yeah, I've got a little more info. I, I was right that uh, volleyball coach Brent Crouch will be at Tiger Talk with uh, with Andy along with uh, uh, Coach Hugh Freeze, Athletics Director John Cohen, and football players Keontae Scott and Jay Fair at Baumhauer's tonight. The reason the game won't be on ESPN is because ESPN's got Boston College and Pitt tonight in some ACC college football. Uh, that's a 6-4 uh, and four Boston oh, College okay. team going to take on uh, the, uh, the Pitt Panthers. Pitt, and of course, Pitt not very good this year, but... Weren't they, weren't they the ACC champion like recently? Didn't Kenny Pickett yeah. win the didn't, didn't Kenny Pickett yeah. win the ACC? Yeah. yeah, they're two and eight this year. So a tough season there for the uh, uh, for, for the Pitt Panthers. That's the game on uh, on ESPN uh, tonight, and then uh, tomorrow night you got Colorado Washington State on FS1 as the uh, uh, both both of those teams. The loser of that game eliminated from uh, bowl contention. Uh, two four and six teams. Uh, squaring off there with Colorado and Washington State, uh, so uh, so yeah, something to uh, something to watch tomorrow night. But yeah, I was I was, I was saying that Auburn Notre Dame was on ESPN. It's on ESPN two college football tonight on ESPN with Boston College and Pitt. All right, and we talked a little bit about it and had Justin Ferguson on. Uh, there was uh, I think earlier today there was some uh, um, I don't I wouldn't say reports. There were things out there uh, wondering about Denver Jones availability, but apparently he was. Working out, we will let's see that that could that would if he were unable to go, boy, that could change things quite a bit for for the rotation. We've been you know uh, bragging about and talking about man, one of the huge advantages Auburn had is its depth. And now if somebody goes down, that's where your depth comes comes in. But but Bruce Pearl's been able to split time so uh, so well that nobody has played 30 minutes in, in either of the first two games. Yeah, I, I wonder. So Auburn at the moment has 10 players averaging at least 15 minutes a right. game and nobody averaging more than 26. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, but that includes Denver Jones. If Denver Jones is unavailable tonight, the question is, do you ratchet up the minutes for guys like How KD? many more minutes do, yeah. And I mean, now, and that KD ten, absolutely well, would and, get more minutes. And that 10-man rotation does not include Leor. Right. Leor is averaging, He's about, been averaging about four or five about minutes. Four minutes a game. Maybe a few more minutes for Leor uh, helps uh, balance out uh, the minutes that you give KD, Trey, uh, Aiden, Aiden. maybe even Chad. I don't. I don't know exactly. How yeah, you, how it's you interesting it because the wings you would think they're interchangeable. They're not exactly. I think Chad Baker Mazar could play a couple minutes at the two. Oh, I, if would, you, you I, know, would think so. I think. I think that's. I, would a, think I mean, so. and Cheney Johnson. I, I think. I think ESPN's box score still calls Cheney Johnson a guard, right? Because yeah. he was. Because <laughs> that's what he was when he when he started. His came college, out of high yeah, school. He started right. his college basketball career. I don't know how much guard Cheney Johnson. Yeah, I playing. would. I would think. No, I would think he's probably not gonna. Not going to move there from uh, from the four. In, in a pinch, I bet you could play Chad at the two for a couple of minutes. Yeah, I and, think and, you could. But, but I think that KD, KD and Leor I would probably be the guys who see their minutes increase the most in a Denver Jones. Trey maybe, too. Maybe I Trey. I mean, you yeah. might see Trey and Aiden on the, on the floor at the same time a good bit you know, more. You know, I like because of the way Bruce asks his point guards to press the ball. Like, I like the idea of having the the backup point guard on the bench when the starting point guard is out there mm-hmm. so that they're both as fresh, fresh. as possible yeah, absolutely. When, when they're out. But if you feel like your best option at the two when Trey Donaldson is playing the point is Aiden Holloway or vice versa, 
then you know, especially without Denver Jones, then, then then you go for it. I think. And and the way Notre Dame plays, Notre Dame is much more deliberate because of their lack of depth and their inexperience. They don't uh, they don't push it as much. I wonder if it might be a little more taxing defensively if you're having to play, you know, if you're if you're having to play defense for 25 plus seconds each possession that Notre Dame has the ball. I mean, this is a it, uh, Micah Shrewsbury was the coach at Penn State uh, for for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. He's a um, He's a Brad Stevens uh, guy, I believe, uh, had, had some some years on the Butler staff and was uh, on, on the staff for the Celtics uh, for, for right. Brad Stevens, the, the, the former Butler uh, coach, former Celtics coach. Uh, he uh, has, I mean, his son's on the team, which, which helps. And I believe, yeah, I believe his son, son, son's one of the three freshman yeah, starters. I believe his son is leading the team in minutes uh, right now as, as uh, Calvin Booth is the um, or Calvin Booth's son is is the uh, is, is is one of the one of the players who's been uh, one of the freshmen, and then the there. other one is leading the nation in scoring among freshmen. Right, and then and then there's also <laughs> these are pointed, and I then think. there's and then there's Nate. Yeah, that's um uh, uh, I was gonna say I don't have I was, gonna, I was gonna say Bruton, but that's where you're from. That's not I don't know yeah, if that's necessarily that's, the, well, uh, that's where my wife's from. I don't know if that's necessarily the young man's name, uh, but the uh, and, and then the there's also uh, the the. Uh, Northwestern transfer. They have uh, uh, they have someone who played a couple of years uh, at guard uh, for Northwestern before making the jump over uh, to Notre Dame this year. The uh, the third year player. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a team that hasn't had to rely on its depth. Notre Dame a lot this year. It's it's been mostly uh, you know asking the young uh, guard core uh, to play uh, m- most of the minutes. We'll see if that's a strategy uh, that holds up against Auburn. Yeah, I mean, uh, y- you would think. And again, hopefully, hopefully Denver Jones is out there and able to go. Um, th- this evening, but again, the Auburn depth is something. And like we're, when we were talking with Justin, Marcus Marcus Burton, not, not Burton, not, that's right, not sure Br- is not right. Bruton, but um, it's a decent guess. Yeah, you're right. You know, yeah, most of the letters there just scrambled. Mark, a little Marcus bit. Burton, uh, the uh, and Roper is the Roper is the Northwestern transfer who played two years uh, and was was a starter uh, at times uh, for for Northwestern at guard, and, and now he's in his third year at six four guard out of Detroit. Uh, who is uh, somebody else they're asking to to do a lot for Notre Dame? Yeah, and and uh, but like we were talking a little while ago, I mean Auburn is is a much better shooting team, even though they haven't really just lit it up uh, in the in the first couple of ball games. As a matter of fact, one of the guys that I've been um, wanting to see have more opportunities and and take more shots is Denver Jones. So hopefully he's able to go here this evening and. And, you know, Chaney Johnson, who you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, he's a guy that um, has has struggled to score, but he has helped Auburn. I think he had 11 rebounds the other day against southeastern Louisiana. So um, Auburn getting contributions from a lot of different players. It'll be interesting to see. I, I think Bruce is still looking at different lineups, different combinations. So we'll, we'll see how things go this evening. But Auburn should win this game. As we said, Notre Dame – uh, you know, if, if you haven't really followed them for the last couple of years, they—I mean, it, this is as bad as Notre Dame has been basketball-wise, and one of the reasons they went out and brought in Shrewsbury because I mean, just uh, they were—they were bad last year, and they're picked at the bottom of the ACC this year. Well, Mike Bray had had some some really good oh, he years. Did. Had some really good years at Notre Dame. Kind of got away from him there at the mm-hmm. end. I think he announced his retirement early in last season. There was there was the hope that he'd be able to to go out with a you know with with with, with a bang, but instead uh, what wasn't it wasn't much to write home about. And now we'll see uh, what uh, what Shrewsbury can do 
uh, trying to. Uh, it's a hard reboot, right? You look. I mean, when you're when you're starting three, you, when you got three guards that are playing as much as Shrewsbury is leaning on these three, including two freshmen, uh, that that is that is the sign of a program that is. Uh, really hitting the reset button and, and trying uh, something new and hoping to build. Uh, we'll, we'll see if they can if they can get some, you know, an, an early jump start with a win over a team like Auburn. Oh yeah, I mean, and this kind of team though that um, you, you don't know what to expect. I mean, they could uh, they could struggle like they did losing to Western Carolina, but I mean, the um, if if the young guys are hot or have a good night, I mean, they could step up and really play. Auburn needs to play well. Bruce Bruce has really. Uh, harped on the opportunities, taking advantage of the opportunities. You can still tell he is – He it's still – oh, it, it bothers him deeply that Auburn could not hang on and beat Baylor because, yes, he felt that was a great opportunity there on a national stage, and then they didn't win it. And it seems like a lot of the – a lot of the national press has just sort of went, oh, yeah, uh, you know, when they're, when they're talking about the SEC, they'll mention a half dozen teams and Auburn doesn't get mentioned. And that's something that's, you know, that's Chapin Bruce. Well, right, and Arkansas and Tennessee, Tennessee especially, Tennessee seems to be the eyes of everyone. Kentucky had a, a nice oh, – Kentucky very impressive against Kansas. I mean, you, you feel like if – and we've been saying this about Kentucky and for that's a couple without, years. without their big guys. Yeah, but with if the shooting if the shooting improves from the outside for Kentucky, they're such a hard matchup because yeah. of the athletes that they've got inside. And, and you know, you just imagine that with the, the caliber of player John Calipari brought in this offseason – they're not going to have a bunch of nights where they're really struggling to shoot the ball. That that's a team uh, that that could get better uh, very very quickly. But but no, I mean it sounds like Arkansas, Tennessee, maybe A and M, maybe Bama uh, worked their way. Alabama has scored a hundred points in uh, for its first three, each of its first three games. Right. Like I mean, I, I get why uh, a lot of different folks might have you know different favorites in the conference. But yeah, not, nothing I've seen from Auburn so far would suggest. You know that they're they they should be in the conversation. You're right. They're they're right there with, um. You know, we'll see what happens when league play starts. But uh, if if you got a top tier or a top half of the league that can compete, uh, I would uh, I would certainly tell you to put Auburn in it. Oh, I agree. And again, that's coming up. Uh, Seven thirty is the pregame. Eight o'clock or is it the expected tip? Seven thirty will be the pregame. Tip somewhere around 8 o'clock, depending on how that first game goes, and that's all over on Wings 94.3, following Tiger Talk from 6 to 7. All right, we'll get to our final break here of the afternoon. Stick with us as we wind it down on the Thursday Drive. Lee County Revenue Commissioner Olene Price. When we have the opportunity to assist residents of this county, we are pleased to offer options in an effort to make your business with us as convenient as possible. 